welcome to Career Sequel, the Return to Work podcast. If you're re-entering the workforce after a career break, you just found your one-stop shop. I'm your host, Dr. Lee Coles, industrial organizational psychologist, career strategist, and the founder of Career Sequel. Each week, I discuss strategies you can use to bridge your career gap and land flexible, meaningful work you'll love. My mission? To help you find a job that fits your life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Career Sequel, the Return to Work podcast. Today's episode is all about the part of the job search process that stops people in their tracks. It can paralyze even the most confident job seekers. I'm talking about salary negotiation. So many of us freeze up when talking about money. We're raised with very strong biases or rules about how we should deal with the subject of money. For example, money is a great thing to have, or money is a scary thing to have, it's the root of all evil, it's a private thing. Money is not something that we freely discuss all the time. So most of us don't have a lot of practice talking about money. Combine that with the drama and the power imbalance of getting a job offer, and no wonder we clam up. In fact, the data shows that only 39% of people negotiate a salary during their job search. Why not? Well, There are several reasons. Like I said before, people are uncomfortable bringing it up. They might think it seems rude, or if they've been given an offer, they feel like they will seem ungrateful if they're asking about the salary. Or maybe someone's so happy to get the job that they will jump and take the salary offered, any salary offered. People may think that maybe it's against the rules to second-guess the salary, or they may be afraid that the offer will be rescinded if they try to negotiate. So there's so many reasons not to negotiate, right? But the fact of the matter is, having a paid job involves money. And here's what the recruiters say. Recruiters say, when you don't negotiate, you leave money on the table, you'll never know what else you could have gotten. In fact, hiring managers and recruiters expect you to negotiate. It's part of the process. You may not be used to it. It's not something that you do every day, but they do this every day, all day long. So it's no big deal to them. Data from a recent Forbes article states that 70% of managers expect a salary and benefits negotiation when they make a job offer, but most don't implicitly state that the offer is flexible. And get this, there's a gender discrepancy when it comes to who negotiates and who doesn't. I'm sure you know where I'm going, right? 46% of men take a risk and negotiate but only 34% of women do this. The difference in this percentage is significant because statistics show that negotiating an initial offer will raise your starting wage an average of 7.4%. Men are offered higher salaries than women for the same job 60% of the time. If you accept that starting offer, it's statistically probable that you're starting at a lower wage than a man starting at the exact same job on the exact same day. 
Plus, if you choose not to negotiate and he does, then that pay gap widens even further. And it's not just about this one job you're negotiating for. Your earnings at your current job help determine your salary at the next job. So if you can negotiate for more money now, then your next employer is likely to pay you more as well. In this episode, I'm going to take you by the hand and walk you through the negotiation process. So by the end of this episode, you're going to have an appreciation for how to handle salary negotiations. I'm going to give you a five-step guide to confidently negotiating your salary. So no more leaving money on the table. No more setting yourself up for earning less than what you're worth. Are you ready? Let's do this. The first step to negotiating your salary is to identify your top accomplishments. I want you to come to the negotiation with proof that you are worth good money, that by hiring you, the company's going to end up being more profitable. Pick five of your most impressive accomplishments. Each accomplishment should be directly related to at least one of the job requirements listed in the job posting. Make sure that your accomplishment is data-packed. It should state the problem, the solution you provided, and the outcome. So here's an example. Quote, I revamped a training program for an underperforming team, resulting in a 30% increase in sales. A concrete example like this will provide evidence of your worth and the financial impact that you can have on the organization. Step two is to do your research. You're going to want to see what the going rate is for this position. This will require a little sleuthing. First, see if you can find out how much this company pays for the job you're interviewing for. If there's not enough data out there, research comparable companies. That means companies in the same industry or in the same city and of similar sizes. You can look online at sites such as the Bureau of Labor Statistics. That's for the United States. They have this thing called the Occupational Outlook Handbook on that site. And it's a great resource to find general salary ranges. You could also look on Glassdoor or Indeed. Glassdoor will require that you give a little. To get a little, you have to create an account. But you can type in the job title and the location, and it's going to give you an average salary. And LinkedIn also has some salary information available. Another way to get salary info is just to reach out to someone you know who's in the industry. Someone who's a little more senior may be especially helpful. And keep in mind that the location of the job is going to impact the number. So I know from personal experience that the cost of living in Washington, D.C. is a lot higher than the cost of living in Toledo, Ohio. That means that the salary for the exact same job will be higher in D.C. than in Toledo. When you do your research, you're going to see the salary for your position fall into a particular range. Which brings us to step three, get specific. We just talked about the fact that you identified a general range, but I want you to identify your own personal range. And here's how. The midpoint of the general range is now going to be the bottom of your range, the lowest salary you'll take. 
the highest point of that general range you're going to keep as the high point of your range. So here's an example. Say you did your research, you found that the job you're considering has a pay range of 100K to 200K. So the midpoint for that position is 150K. You're going to use that midpoint and make it the low end of your personal range. So you'll keep the same high point. This makes your personal range for this position 150K to 200K. You should look at your range and feel that even at the lower end, you'd be happy if you were offered that salary. Now, I want you to take this one step further and identify a number from within your range. This is important because if you give the hiring manager a range, you can expect that the offer will be from the lower end of that range. Research shows that the more specific your number, the closer your offer is going to be to that number. Step number four of salary negotiation is play dodgeball. The hiring manager decided you're a good fit and you're excited about the position. Now it's time to discuss the salary. The general rule is to let the interviewer put the first number out there, but they are going to try to get you to name your number first. It becomes a bit of a game. The hiring manager is going to begin by asking you about your salary expectations. You can respond by saying, I'm much more interested in doing X type of work here at X company than I am in the size of the initial offer. If they ask again about your salary expectations, which they likely will, you can say, I'll consider any reasonable offer. Like I said, they want you to give them a number. So about 30% of the time, you're going to be asked a third time about the kind of salary you're looking for. And you can say, you're in a better position to know how much I'm worth to you than I am. And if you get to the point where you do have to give a number, you can say, I did some salary research and found that this type of role in this city typically pays around X amount. Step number five is to consider other perks. You're negotiating your salary because it's your right and you're expected to do it and you don't want to leave any money on the table. But what do you do if the company isn't flexible with that salary number? I want you to remember that the annual salary isn't the only valuable part of your job. You may be able to negotiate vacation time, a more flexible work schedule, bonuses, or the terms of some of your benefits. These are just some of the perks that companies can give you if they can't budge on the actual salary. So there you have it. You have your strategy for negotiating your worth. To recap, the five steps of salary negotiation are identify your top accomplishments. Number two, do your research. Number three, identify your number. Number four, play dodgeball. And number five, consider other perks. I hope that now you're feeling more confident about the salary negotiation process. And remember, You've made it this far. They want you and you want them. You just want to make sure that you leave no stone unturned, no money on the table. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And until I talk to you again next time, please take good care and know that I'm cheering you on. 
Hey, if you're going back to work after a career break, I have a gift to help you get started. It's my free guide, Four Simple Steps You Can Take Today to Re-Enter the Workplace. I love it because it helps you get the ball rolling in a simple, easy, manageable way. Just go to my website, careersequel.com, and click on the red box that says, Get the Four Simple Steps Now. That's careersequel.com. Get the four simple steps now. See you there.